Hey, what's up, church family? Welcome to week three of Summer at City Hope. It's going to be an incredible day today. My very good friend, Pastor Tom Watson, is going to be bringing the message today, and it is going to ignite a fire in you. I believe that you're going to leave better today than when you came in. All right, so let's give a City Hope welcome to Pastor Tom Watson. Well, what's up, City Hope Church? Boy, it is so good to be back with you. I, I really do mean that. You know, uh, sometimes you say those things because it's nice to say. Um, but I really do love to be back here. I mean, I, I really mean it. Like, if you, if you have a place in your heart that you just love, uh, uh, love to be, then you know exactly what I'm feeling because, um, you know, you might call it your home away from home. I feel like this is my church away from church. Like, if, if I'm not at my home church, then I want to be at City Hope. And that, that's just the, the God's honest truth. And uh, I'm so glad to be here. And, and, and the way um, I do that, my strategy is real simple. After every time I preach here at City Hope, if someone comes up to me afterwards and, and you know, kind of says, you did a good job on the message, I say, thank you. Tell Pastor Ben. And, and, and tell him that you just don't know if you can keep coming to church here if we don't hear from that guy at least once a year. And it appears to be working because they keep bringing me back. And so I appreciate that. Keep doing that. Listen, I, I'm pumped about what it means to be a part of City Hope Church right now. I watched the Pastor Ben talk about the state of the church last Sunday. If you didn't check that out, go on YouTube and watch that. It is just incredible. So many things that God is doing right now in your church with the Cedar Elms campus and everything that's being renovated there. God is moving and advancing this church. And let me, let me tell you something, because you may not know this, this is not normal, okay? This is the Lord doing this. God is moving in this place. And that's why I get, I get so excited to be back here. It's like I, get, I see snapshots. I see you online, and, and I get to experience that a little bit. But every time I come, the church is just new and growing and different, and, and, and that's exciting to be. So that's why I'm, I'm really pumped to be here and tell you what I've got to tell you today. Because I, I feel like I got like a right now word for City Hope Church. And it's something that the Lord gave to me personally. And then after he gave it to me, I just knew in my spirit, this is for City Hope Church. Uh, and, and, and so it all started a little while ago, um, last month. The goal I had was a father and son trip. Um, we were going to go, my son and I, I've got two boys and a girl, and my oldest son, Tom, and I were going to do a father-son trip. We were finished up a year of discipleship. And, uh, and, and I wanted to do something that kind of culminated that. That uh, something that we could look back and say we accomplished that. You know, we did it together. My dad and me, he could say that. And so with that, I started the plans to go to Pikes Peak, the top of Pikes Peak. I thought this will be a challenge. This will be good. And, and so my plans were, were pretty simple. We gather up enough supplies that we needed, uh, uh, bags and, and tent and, and, and supplies to get up to the top of the mountain. And then from what I saw online, there was a place up there that you could camp out under an, a structure, an A-frame structure. And so I thought, oh, this will be great. So, so here's what I was thinking. We'll go to the top of the mountain. We'll get up there. We'll do the Rocky Balboa jump, you know, high five each other and then we'll just hike back down to this place in the woods and then we'll camp out there and that would be, would be great. One thing I didn't account for in my plan is Pikes Peak ain't no joke. I mean, it's a serious mountain. 
And so, um, for the most part, it was, it was pretty, pretty nice. I mean, the weather was beautiful, and, and we took our time. We were taking pictures and footage. We were having a great time going up this mountain together, and um, the weather was really good. In fact, uh, we laughed when we came to the eight-and-a-half-mile mark, and there was a sign on the, um, on, the, on the mile marker that said this. It said, if you're not prepared to hike back down, don't go any further. And so we're like, man, everything's going great. No problem. What a joke. In fact, it wasn't for another mile that we had to put our coats on. Shortly after that, we started to lose the trail in snowbanks. The snow drifts were so high at some points that it came up to my waist. And it started to get, there were some parts where the trail just disappeared completely. We couldn't even find out where we were going. And weary and exhausted, we climbed the boulders to the very top. And when we got past to the very top, we sat there and we saw this just expanse, just the most beautiful vista that I've ever seen. You could even see the curvature of the earth. And I was so proud of my son and we felt accomplished. And and I couldn't help but to think as I looked out on that beautiful view, I'm exhausted. (laughs) And I started thinking, there's, what are we going to do here? Because see, what I didn't know is that nobody goes back down the way they came up. And, And nobody does that. In fact, like if you get up to the top, And if you do it before 5 o'clock, you can pay somebody and they'll drive you back down. And so when we got there at 6.01, we had to figure something out because we're on our own. And and that's where we were. We were just in a spot. And my son says, Dad, can't we call an Uber? And I said, son, if we could, I would. But I said, this is not possible. And so I said, we got to figure something out. And the sun began to set. And it was a a beautiful, as it went behind the clouds, it was just a beautiful display of violent reds and oranges. And I probably would have really enjoyed that, but there was this nagging feeling inside the back of my head thinking, we've got to find somewhere to sleep. Because the wind started to pick up and it started to get colder. Now, I don't know if you've ever been on the top of a mountain. If, If you have, you'll know it's impressive how fast the weather changes. I mean, it's just radically fast. And, and, and within no time, the wind picked up and, and we finally, we scrambled together. See, this road all the way down is a steep, is a snow bank on one side and a steep drop off on the other. So five miles down after hiking to the top, then we finally, finally found a place where we could throw up the tent. We did it real quick and we got into our sleeping bags right around the time that the rain started to come down. I'm not making this up. I mean, like the wind started blowing, the temperature's dropping, and now, now it's raining on us. And in fact, it started to go so hard that the tent was blowing. We could feel the tent. We're inside the tent, and the tent is moving. And, and, and I'm thinking, I started praying one of those, Jesus, I'm being serious right now, prayers. You ever pray one of those? God, I'm, I'm not playing around now. And I, I need you to talk to me. I need you to tell me something. Because I need to know if I'm going to make it off of this mountain. And God told me something so powerful on the top of that mountain. And like I said, it was for me, but I believe it's for you today too. Because here's the thing. All of us are going through something right now. Every one of us are going through something that we don't want to be in in the middle of, right? Some of you are looking at me so, so holy. Come on, City Hope, we can be real tonight, right? Okay, so, some of you are going through marriage junk. You know, that's a mountain. And you've gone through the counseling and you paid for the counseling, you've done the training and you're wondering, am I going to make it off this mountain? Some of you are going through anxiety and insecurities. That's a mountain. Some of you have a mountain of financial debt that you're going through. Some of you are raising teenagers and after the quarantine and shut down, shelter in place, you understand why some animals eat their young. 
No, but you're, you're trying to do everything in a good and a godly way, but you're in the middle of it. And you feel like, am I going to get off of this mountain? I don't know what obstacles that you're facing today. But I believe that God brought me all the way to Texas this morning to tell you this. You're going to get off that mountain. God's going to get you off that mountain. And I want to help you with it too. And so if you're ready, say, come on with it. All right. If you're a note taker, I want, I want you to write this down. Number one in your notes, the obstacle is the way. The obstacle is the way. See, when you learn this, it'll change you. We tend to think of the obstacle as something that's, that is the, that's in the way, but I believe that God wants you to hear this. The obstacle's not in the way, it is the way. See, you, you need to hear this. You'll never get over any mountain in your life by going around it. Everybody wants to go up the mountain. Everyone wants to be elevated, but in order to be elevated, you've got to go up. See, there's no avoiding the obstacles. There's no way to get where God wants you to be without the obstacle because the obstacle is the way. See, but that's exactly the opposite of everything that we've been taught. Even when we're little kids, when we're little babies, and little babies are trying to learn how to walk, what's the first thing that parents do? They say, get all the stuff out of the way. The baby's trying to walk. Remove everything from their way, especially new parents. But I love new parents. You know, that first baby is like they wrap them in bubble wrap. Like, don't breathe on him too hard. He might bruise. Now, when you have the, I was there, when you have the third child, it's like, hey, he's playing in the street. That's okay. Rush hour is good to build character. When you have as many boys as the Murrays do, like, like G4 the other day was saying, hey, mom, I'm going to juggle some knives. And Miss Annalise was like, well, just take your brother. No, I'm kidding. They, they are amazing parents. But, but this is what we do, right? Like when we're trying to teach our kids to walk, we say get everything out of the way. Move everything out of the way. The baby's trying to walk. And, and the truth is we never stop doing that. Like we like to think of, of kids as like, you know, there's kids and then there's adults. But the truth is we're just older kids, right? We got more experiences on us and we're still doing that. Waiting for somebody to get the obstacle out of our way. We're waiting on our boss, or leadership, or waiting on our spouse or our God. Somebody, anybody, move this problem out of the way. We're standing there in front of the obstacles in our life saying, God, would you just move this out of the way? Would you move this problem out of my life? And God is saying, I've given you the ability. I gave it to you. I gave you the ability to speak into situations, to say things have to move, and they have to move. To walk into situations that need calm, that need peace, and, and say to the waves, you need to be still. See, God is the God of the mountain. God's the mountain mover. Jesus is the one that calms the sea, and you're made in his image, and Jesus said you'll do greater than he did. Come on, somebody get excited at City Hope. See, we're still saying, God, you're standing in front of this obstacle saying, God, would you move this problem out of my life? And God is saying, no, I sent you. You're my ambassador. You're the one that's supposed to go in this situation and change it. Say this after me. Say, the obstacle is the way. See, obstacles aren't just not bad. They're exactly what God's going to use to take you to the next level. Look at this. In the book of James, chapter 1, James says this, Consider it pure joy. My brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. See, James says you ought to think, yes, another obstacle. This is great. This is what God's about to use to elevate me. Say test. Now say testimony. Everybody knows you can't have a testimony without a test. And see, this is what God's using because he's building your faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. See, I believe every test that God puts in your life 
he puts there and it's too big to do on your own. I believe that. Why does he do that? Because then you got to go back to the source. I got to go back to God and say, this is too big. I got to get power. And God says, great, now we can do something. And once you do that, then he gives you the power to get through that test. And then he lets you claim the victory as your own. That's the God we serve. Now, what if you just changed your, your perspective, your way of thinking this morning? What if you changed it to think that every obstacle that I face, face is the very thing that's necessary for God to get me to the next level? Think about it. If, 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 I just want to get practical with you this morning. What if the obstacle that you're facing, what if that financial obstacle that you're facing is maybe you're spending too much and God is trying to use this as the way to get you to the next level. Somebody just said, just use another example. That's too uncomfortable. <laughs> but, I mean, seriously, think about, see, because we don't like to hear this, that the obstacle that we're going through is the exact thing that's necessary to take us to the next level. I, I had a new believer once uh, look at me and say, Pastor Tom, um, does, getting, uh, does being a Christian ever get easier? And I said, no. And they looked at me like I had lobsters crawling out of my ears. They were like, and like their friend brought them to church too and they had just gotten saved and they're like, oh my gosh, my pastor just telling me, I, I, does it ever get easier? I said, no, it never gets easier, but you get stronger. See, you didn't hear that because if you did, you'd get excited. I said, being a Christian doesn't get easier, but you get stronger. Yeah, that's exactly right. See, the obstacle that you're going through is never going to be one that just, that, that does nothing. God is doing this and he's doing something. See, he's like a dad in the backyard. God's like a good dad that's throwing pitches to, the, to his kid and trying to teach him something. And that first swing, boy, you whiff. I mean, it's just, you strike out, right? But that doesn't dissuade God for a minute. God says, oh no, you don't understand. My kid's a home run hitter. And so he says, now keep an eye on the ball. And he throws you another pitch, another strikeout. And God says, no, 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 choke up on the bat. Quit crowding the plate. Get that, get that bat off of your shoulder. Watch the ball. And he throws you pitch after pitch after pitch because he knows that one of these are gonna connect him when it does, baby, out of the park. That's what our God does. See, some of you are going to face resistance. Some of you are going to face obstacles, but God has built something inside of you that is not going to let you give up. And it's going to allow you to go past this obstacle. Now, a man in the Bible by the name of Joshua had to learn this. Now, Joshua was a guy that took over for Moses after Moses went to be with the Lord. And, and Joshua was the guy that God had ordained to bring the people into the promised land. But before he could do that, he runs into kind of an obstacle. And the obstacle is a massive city with a giant wall. That's the, that's the obstacle that he faces. And I want you to see how God views the giant massive walls in our lives. Look at what he says to, to Joshua in Joshua chapter 6, verse 1. It says, Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands along with the king and its fighting men. You see, Joshua looked at this, this obstacle in front of him and he saw a city with massive walls and God says, See, I gave it to you. You see the difference? When you start to change your perspective to see things the way God sees them, then you'll take mountains and you'll turn them into molehills. And, and, and what got me most about this story, if you've ever read the story of Joshua and Jericho, is Joshua is a good guy. He was doing exactly what God told him to do. He was being obedient. He was being faithful. And, and he was doing everything right. He was doing what God said. And how does God reward Joshua? By a city-sized interruption to his plan. 
That's how, he, that's how he rewards him. See, most of us hate being interrupted. Raise your hand if you don't like being interrupted. When you're talking, when you're walking, when you're eating, when you're reading, I hate being interrupted. It's like one of my least favorite things. Interruptions, we always look at, at interruptions as bad things, but I have found this. When you know who you are, and when you know what your real purpose is, you'll look at interruptions no longer in a bad way. You'll think, this might be the thing that God is using to take me to the next level. See, see, a lot of us, what we'll do is when an interruption happens in our life, we'll say, God, what are you doing? I'm, I'm following you. I'm doing what, what I'm supposed to do. And God says, yes, you're right. And because you're faithful and because you're being obedient, it has brought you to a place that you can't go any further on your own unless something changes. And God says, now what I'm going to do is in order for you to get to the next place, I'm going to make sure that, that some things are allowed to come into your life that are going to mess up your perfect little plan. And rather than getting mad about it, and rather, rather than getting frustrated about it, you need to realize that, that this is what God is using. It, this interruption is God's way of introducing you. In fact, when you get this, you recognize that the interruption is really just an introduction to the next level that God has for you. See, but what happens to us is some of us, like, like we're going about our little merry way, and we come into an interruption like this, and, and it blows our whole world. Like you're driving along and a blowout happens, right? Or, or traffic, or, or you're at work and you got this perfect plan and something happens that you didn't see. And what do we do? We melt down, right? We just, you know what it's like. You throw a hissy fit, don't you? I mean, I, I know, like every time I think about this, I think about my mother. Like um, my mom is just, she's an amazing woman. She's a really just amazing woman. Like I, I'm the fourth child of eight. Larry, Sherry, Jenny, Tommy, David, Chrissy, Danny, Katie. There's a lot of us. Okay, and so we, we didn't have a whole lot of money growing up. Um, we were kind of poor. Like my, my dad was in the, the construction business and my mom was a nurse's aide. And, and my dad owned a, a roofing company. And those of you guys that, that do construction, you know how much it's dependent on weather. Like, like if it rains, you can't work. But if it doesn't rain, then in roofing, it, it, the roofs don't leak. And so then there's no work there too. And this was like a period in Alabama where it was like a drought. And, uh, and we, my dad didn't work for months, and, and we were in school. And now, in order to drive eight kids around, you have to have a van. And not, it's not like some of you soccer moms have, like, these nice little vans. Like, we had the full-sized beast of a van. You know what I'm talking about? Like, the captain's seats that swivel. It had its own curtains. I mean, like, it was massive. Shag carpeting. This thing was massive, okay? And my mom's driving this van around. And, uh, and she, I remember we were going to, uh, she had picked us up from school and we had to stop at Walmart to get some, some groceries for, for uh, school the next day. And, and she was probably spending money that she didn't have. She was, she, she was trying to just run in there, get the stuff so she could run back home and, and make dinner and help with the homework and try and get a little bit of sleep because she worked at nights. And, and so she was trying to you know, get all this and there's the finances and everything like that. And so she, she was going to zip into Walmart. And I remember as she pulled into Walmart, the, the, the spots, you know, like the parking spots were real thin. And, and so she, she pulled in there, she ran in there, and she got what she got, and she came back out, and she started to back out, and the kids are in the back, and they're going crazy. You moms, the kids know what I'm talking about. And they're, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like, not now, you know. And, and as she's packing out, she cuts her wheel a little too sharp. And the car right next to us, she just starts to dig like a rut in the car next to us. 
And now my mom, you got to know my mom. It's like, she's a saint. Like, we've never heard her say a bad thing hardly ever in our entire lives. But like, I tried to stop her. I was like, mom, mom, mom. And, 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 like, and so I was like, oh, no. And, and what she did is like, in that moment, it was like all of the stuff, kind of just the exhaustion. She was tired and the, the bills and the pressure and then the, and the kids and the work. And now, thi- now this, now this, you know. And, and, and she looked at that and she just, like all the air got sucked out of the van. And she grabbed both hands of the steering wheel. And this is church, so I got to clean this up a little bit. And she said it like this. She said, shh. Shoot! <laughs> and you, you know when, 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 when it's like one of those moments, like, like all the air is out? She didn't say shoot, by the way. And, uh, and, 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 and like then she did something that I just didn't expect. She took off! She's gone! Like she just drove out of there and took off! Like some of you are looking bad about my mom. Like, hey, give her a break. You have eight kids and you'll be in that situation. And, and the statute of limitations, by the way, is done, so you can't bust her out either. But now I'm not saying it's right, but uh, but that's what she did. And like you know, and you know when things are like really funny, but you're not supposed to laugh, and it's like way funnier. Like like Beavis and Butthead the whole way home. I was, <laughs> you know, I just couldn't laugh. Now, now listen, I'm not saying this was r- the right thing for her to do, but like in that moment, she melted down. Like to this day in my household, like if you have like a really rough day and like something else gets lumped on you and you feel like you're going to snap, we say, well, are you about to Walmart van on me? You know? And the thing is, the truth is, is like, and that's funny, but, but that's what happens to us, right? Like we get into this mode where we melt down. And when we do that, when we melt down, we end up missing what God has for us in that moment. There's no telling what God wanted to do in the middle of that moment, in the middle of that interruption. God wanted to do something there. God wanted to do something. And when we melt down, we miss out on that. See, Joshua had the same opportunity. He came face to face with an obstacle and he had to see what God was going to do in this situation. And so my question to you is this, what happens to you when something occurs that interrupts you and causes you to change your plans. When you're doing something that God has placed in your life, that you feel like, I'm doing what God told me to do, and now this thing is so big that I can't move it. What happens? Something you didn't plan for. When something that, that comes along, like, a, like an unexpected death in your family, or a loss, a spouse runs out on you. What do you do when you're in the middle of that? And, or, or, or somebody somebody you don't even know is gossiping about you and talking behind your back and you're doing everything right you don't even know this person or you're trying to do everything right and a pandemic shuts everything down what do you do in the middle of this see most of us what happen is we get frustrated and many of us throw our hands up in the air and we leave and we say this is it see in joshua's position what most of us would do would say well god this is impossible There's no way I can handle this. This is too big. The walls are too high. God, there's no way I can handle this. This is absurd. I don't deserve this. They they can't talk to me like that. Do they know how long I've been with this company? Like how many of these times do you face an obstacle like this? I'm stepping on somebody's toes right now, but I'm telling you right now in that moment, you get to a place where you're going to melt down. And what most of us do is we say, I'm going back. I'm going to go back to what's comfortable. I'm going to turn around and I'm going to go back because I don't deserve this. But I want you to see this. I want you to see when you do that, when you do that, you forsake your promised land, the place that God wants you to be for somewhere you've already been. Now look at, look at what God tells Joshua to do here. God says, Joshua, I've got a plan. Now I'm good if God's got a plan, right? 
And, so, and this is what happens. In verse 3, it says this. He says, here's, here's God's plan. He says, march around the city. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times when, with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast of trumpets, have the whole army give a shout. Then the walls of the city will collapse and the army will go up, everyone straight in. Now, now let, me, let me break this down to you. Okay, you've got this massive city, huge wall, right? It's staring in front of him. And Joshua is listening to God and God says, don't worry, Joshua, I've got a plan. Now, now, if I'm Joshua, I'm like, well, God, if you got a plan, this is great. I walked with you with Moses. I watched you take a sea and divide it in half. What's the plan, God? Are you going to be like, like hail and fire and brimstone? Are you going to melt the wall right in front of me? What are you going to do? And this is what God says. Okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you to walk around the city. Joshua's like, okay. And then he says, and now I want you to do a cool jazz rift. And Joshua's like, what? And he said, and then after that, I want everybody to yell. And Joshua's like, What? I mean, like, really, that's the plan? You want me to walk around the wall of this thing and everyone's going to blow the trumpets and then everyone's going to yell and that's supposed to fix this? Like, like that doesn't make much sense, right? But perspective changes everything. See, most people would have heard a plan like that and they would have said, that, that, doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. But that's not what Joshua did. Joshua decided to hear from God and move forward. Look at what he says. Verse 6, it says, So Joshua, son of Nun called the priests and he said to them take up the ark of the covenant of the lord and have seven priests carry trumpets in front and he ordered the army advance march around the city with an armed guard going ahead of the ark of the lord see joshua knew that he had heard from the lord he knew what god had said and so now he decided he was going to do something with that and my question to you this morning is this where are your feet you see the measure of your faith is acting as though god is telling the truth you can measure your faith by your feet, not by your feelings. You see, if you feel faithful, but your feet haven't moved, you're faithless. I'm going to say that again. If you feel faithful, but your feet have not moved, you're faithless. And see, I, Joshua got this. He understood this. My question to you is this. What are you doing with what God has shown you already? Write this down in your notes. Number two, faith moves forward faith moves forward why do they have to walk around a city wall why seven laps why not three why seven days how was shouting at a structurally sound wall supposed to collapse a wall there's a whole lot of this plan that doesn't make any sense but here's the thing when it comes to faith that's not all that unusual I mean, in fact, very rarely will instructions of faith be logical or comfortable. Faith is the thing that's going to tell you to have patience when everybody else says panic. Faith is the thing that says hold on when everybody else says let go. Faith is the thing that says push forward when everybody else says pull back. Now, I don't know what you're facing. It may not be a monstrous wall like Joshua is, did, but, but I guarantee you this, you're facing something. Or you will. And when you do, you have, to, you have to decide if the way forward doesn't make sense and I still know it's from God, am I going to move forward? See, the, the, the truth of the matter is if it doesn't make sense, it doesn't have to. Having faith isn't about making sense. It's about moving forward no matter what. Look at the end of this story. Check this out. Verse 15. On the seventh day, they got up at daybreak and marched around the city seven times in the same manner. 
Except on that day, they circled the city seven times. The seventh time around, when the priest sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the army, shout, for the Lord has given you the city. When the trumpet sounded, the people shouted, and at the sound of the trumpet, when the people gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed. So every man charged straight in and they took the city. See, it doesn't have to make sense in order for it to work because our God is the God of the impossible. It doesn't have to make sense that, that walking around a city and shouting would cause the walls to fall because the walls fell down. You see, the walls were never the problem. We are. We're the problem. We always are. God has the power to do whatever he chooses, but he desires that we act in obedient faith. That's what God wants. He'll do what, when we do what we can do, God will do what he can do and he'll take care of the walls. Hebrews 11.30 tells us why those walls fell down. Look at what it says. It says, by faith, the walls of Jericho fell after the people had marched around them for seven days. You see, it's by faith. When faith is partnered by movement, when the people of God had confidence that our God really is who he says he is. It's not just something we come to do today at City Hope and we're going to learn some stuff at church and then go right back in. God is the God of the impossible. And he can do what he says he can do. And if he said it, then he, and he did it before, he can do it again. Write this down in your notes. Number three, faith keeps on moving. The Bible tells us that, that, that Joshua, what happened with Joshua, but what it leaves out is what Joshua must have been thinking in those days. In those seven days walking around the wall, we have no record of what Joshua, what was going through his mind at that point. As he's walking around with all of these people in steadfast obedience, we, we, the Bible doesn't record it. But I have to think that at some point he must have fought with some doubt. I mean, there, there had to have been some moments where day in and day out as he's walking around that city that the enemy that's behind that wall has got to be taunting him, right? And making fun of him. Like, what are you thinking? As they're walking around the city, there's got to be some people in his own group that are laughing, thinking this is the dumbest plan ever. That's got to be part of it. And every day for a week, Joshua had to get back up and march around that wall. Every single day, he had to get up in front of his people and say, all right, guys, get ready. We're going to march around this wall again. And every day, he had to listen to the taunts of the enemy, making fun of him, challenging what he was doing. My question is this, what do you do when you can't feel God? Do you keep moving? Are your feet still moving in that direction? Will you keep moving when it doesn't seem to be working? Every time they passed around that wall, nothing changed. Will you keep moving when you can't feel God? See, your faith might be getting put to the test. You're facing obstacles. But what I want to tell you to do today, this morning, is don't focus on what hasn't happened yet. Focus on what has happened. On what God has done. If you've seen God do it once, he'll do it again. Today, many of you might, might be meeting obstacles. And it's that thing that's going to take you to the next level. And if you're going to get there, you've got to do what Joshua did. And that is never give up. Why don't you say that? Say never give up. See, I found that so many of us get distracted from our destiny. And we turn to the obstacle that doesn't move us forward. And it, in fact, it, we allow that obstacle to redirect us back to our past, the place we've already been. And can you trust God when, when nothing makes sense? Can you trust God when it's the middle of chaos? Can you believe God for a marriage when it, when it seems like it's falling apart? Can you, can you trust God when, 
when it doesn't line up with what makes sense in your brain, when nothing makes sense and and you don't feel like it's going to work, can you sing in the middle of your storm? The Bible says that, that when you've done all that you can to stand, stand, therefore. I believe some of you today, you might have been doing that. You're standing, and you're walking around that mountain one more time, and you're wondering, God, I'm on my last leg. Do you even see me? I, I believe the Lord sent me all the way to Texas to tell you this. Yes, I see you. God says, I see you. I hear you. I know what you're going through. I haven't neglected that. I believe God sent me I, with all, every fiber of my being to tell you that. That God wants you to know. I, I know what you're going through. And, and this message is, is not proof that God doesn't hear you. What you're going through, this obstacle isn't proof that God isn't listening. It's in fact proof that you're ready to go to the next level. And, and, and so you've got to ask yourself, are, are you going to be a church? Is this church going to be a church that forcefully advances the gospel? That in spite of diversity, in spite of adversity, and everything that's going around in the world around us, and everything that's happening, listen, God put City Hope Church on the map for a reason. You are put here, positioned, not just here in Texas and Wichita Falls. You're here in 2020 where you are for a reason. That's from the Lord. And he says that I've got a mission for this church and you've got to decide, are you going to retreat and go back to the past or are you going to be the church that forcefully advances the gospel? Are you going to do that in your life because it starts there first? Are you going to do this for your life? James said this, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of every kind. Now why? He said, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. You see, the obstacle was designed to finish you. Not finish you off, to finish you. Complete, he said. See, there's, the reason why God allows these things to happen is because he knows there's no other way. There's no other way that you can get where he wants you to be because he knows you. He built you. He knits you together in your mother's womb. He knows exactly what you need to go through in order to get to this place. He knows there's no other way for you to be grateful except for you to lose that thing that you like so much. Because once you move to the place that he's called you to be and he restores all that back to you, now you can appreciate it because you've gotten over that obstacle. He's completing you. That's what God's doing. He's the author and completer of our faith. This is what God is doing through the obstacle. He's making you out to be everything you're supposed to be. See, he, he knows about you, that, that, that he's built you to be an overcomer. He's built you to overcome. You were made to endure. God built you that way. You were made to knock it out of the park. You're made to knock down walls. That's what God built you to do. You're built to be a mountain mover. That's who God made you to be. My son and I were on the top of that mountain. I told you God said something real powerful to me. And we were up on that mountain after hiking all the way to the peak. And, and we're in that little two-man tent on the side of the mountain and the wind is going crazy and the rain was pouring down on us. I mean, like, it, I, I can still see it in my mind's eye. It was just pushing us in this little tent. The road, the little road that we managed to find ourselves on was not very wide and we're moving in this tent and I thought, Lord, if we go down this bank, we're, it's over for us. And I play, prayed one of those, Jesus, I'm being serious right now, prayers. I need you to hear me, God, because I know you hear me. And I said, Lord, I, I, I know you're not my genie, but I know you hear me. 
And this is the prayer I prayed that, that night. I said, God, I need to know the gap. What's the gap, Lord, between my prayer and the answer? See, I, see, I do this for a living, man. I, I, I pray, pray with people I, we, all the time. And I've prayed a lot of prayers. And I said, God, if, I, if I'm honest with you, sometimes I've prayed those prayers and I haven't seen the answer for years. I said, this can't be one of those times, God. I said, I, I brought my son on the side of a mountain not, for an adventure not to die. And, and I felt like the Lord say this to me so, so clear on the side of that mountain. As the thunder was roaring and the lightnings flashing and our tent is folding over on itself, I felt like the Lord say this to me and he's saying it to you this morning. He said, I've heard your prayer. He said, I know it's scary and I know it's dangerous, but I'm with you. And then he said this, this is the adventure you wanted. He said, I'm writing the story. You'll make it off the mountain." You're in the palm of my hand. And when he said that to me in that moment, it may sound crazy to you because if, if you were in my situation when, when my son and I were there, the rain is pouring down and it, it's coming in on our tent and we're moving. But when he said that, I slept like a baby. I closed my eyes and I went to sleep because I heard, that my, I heard what I needed to know, that God was met with me in the middle of the storm, that we were both gonna be okay. And God is telling you that same thing this morning. You can rest knowing that it's going to be okay. God's got this. He's, it's going to be all right. See, you might be facing something right now. You might be going through a mountain in your life. And you're praying one of those, Jesus, I'm being serious with you right now prayers. And you got to decide like I had to decide on that mountain. Are you going to trust the mountain or the mountain mover? Because God says put your faith in the right one and you'll make it off. Will you bow your heads with me? I just want to pray with you. I, I, I just know so, so sure, assuredly that someone's going through something today. And you need to know that you're going to make it off the mountain. And I want to pray with you. Every head bowed, every eye closed for just a moment. If you say that's, that's me, I'm not going to call you to front or anything like that. I just want to pray for you. Do we, would you just slip up your hand let me pray for you? God bless you. Yeah, yeah. Keep them up, keep them up, keep them up. God bless you. Father, in the name of Jesus, you see these hands. These are your children. God, they're on the side of a mountain and they need you to move, Lord God. They're praying to Jesus, I'm being serious with you right now, prayer. They've gotten to this place and they got to trust you, God. Would you give them the boldness to make it one more day? Would you give them the faith, God, to know that you're in control? Would you let them know they're going to make off this mountain in the name of Jesus? Still praying, every head bowed. Maybe you've never taken a moment to make Jesus your savior. Maybe you've never received him. Listen, I wouldn't want to be in a storm without him. If that's you and, and you'd like to make him your savior, to, to receive the forgiveness, he's done all the work. All you've got to do is say yes to him. That's what's so great about God. He does it all. All you've got to do is receive him. If that's you and you'd say, yes, I want to follow Jesus. I want to make him my savior and my Lord today. I want to receive that forgiveness and be clean. Just slip up your hand real quick so I can see it. God bless you. Yeah. Who else? Yep. Yes. God bless you. Thank you. I see your hand. God bless you. You can put your hand down now. As a way of encouraging those making this decision for the first time, we're going to pray a prayer together. And I'll help you with the words. You just repeat them after me, but you believe it in your heart. The Bible says if you believe it in your heart and you confess it with your mouth, then you're saved. 
And to encourage you, those making this commitment to the Lord today, we're gonna pray this out loud all over this house. Say it this way. Lord Jesus Christ, I surrender my life to you. I know that I've sinned and I need a savior. I open up my heart to you now and I invite you in to be the Lord of my life and I'll live for you forever. I'll never be the same from this day forward. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Will you help me welcome into the family of faith some new believers in Christ? Oh man, we're so proud of you.